Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great day. I came into today's episode prepared. I made notes about all the stuff I wanted to talk to during my intro just so that I wouldn't stumble and have to re-record this a half dozen times. I say a half dozen, I mean a full dozen because that's just what I do. So I wanted to kick things off very quickly and just talk about the plethora of upcoming shows that are happening here in Winnipeg and the surrounding areas. So actually starting February 24th, CWE, they're at Rookies. This is all CWE shows that I'll be rattling off for the next little bit. So CWE, February 24th at Rookies. They're going to be in Mitchell, Manitoba, February 25th, back in Winnipeg, March 4th. Musco Week One, Saskatchewan, March 6th, Weyburn for March 7th, Saskatoon, March 8th, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, March 9th, Yorkton on the 10th, Regina the 11th, and Estevan on the 12th. So that's a, like a almost a two-week block out there in Saskatchewan, so definitely check them out. Then they're coming back here, end of March, Morden on the 30th, Winnipeg, March 31st. Hitting up Gladstone on April Fool's Day. That is not an April Fool's joke. They are going to be in Gladstone. April 20th and 24th. They're going to be out in Ontario. Those dates are still to be determined. Back here in Manitoba. They're going to be hitting up Balmoral, Manitoba, April 29th. Then June 30th. That's the next one after that. Out in Vita, Manitoba. Great people out in Vita. Very familiar with the area. Definitely, if you're out in that area, check it out. July 1st, Canada Day out in Eli, Manitoba. August 12th out in Arburg. August 19th at Lilac Resort. And February 9th, 2024, Fanny Stell, Manitoba. So those are all of the upcoming CWE dates. Now, for the rest that we're going to be rattling off, March 3rd, WPW at the West End Cultural Center. Show's already sold out. So if you missed out on tickets, you're SOL. But stay tuned. If tickets do become available, they usually let everyone know. Uh, Bobby Schink, WPW champion, his first title defense against the former champ, AJ Sanchez. Their last match was great. I expect nothing less than that for this upcoming one. Those two, absolutely incredible in the ring together. After that, AEW March 15th, tickets are available at Ticketmaster. Next night, March 16th, down in Fargo, Time Bomb Pro. They've got uh, now... Tickets are still available. They've also announced a VIP sort of deal where you get a chance to meet Bill Alfonso and Christopher Daniels. Definitely check out their social media for more information. And I know they're also doing a seminar with Bryce Remsburg. So wants more information just about wrestling, maybe some networking, things like that. Check it out. See what Bryce has to say. And the match that I'm most looking forward to on that card, I mean, there's some fantastic ones lined up i mean you got brian keith defending the time bomb pro championship against frontman jaw kevin koo against christopher christopher daniels kevin koo is one of my favorites right now in wrestling the match i'm most looking forward to a no rope barbed wire match between damon spriggle and badger briggs so that is fixing to be fantastic i cannot wait for that match so after that we've got march 30th 
Now, this one I am very jacked up for, very stoked. 3D Pro Wrestling presents Protected Neck at the Pyramid Cabaret. Tickets are available uh, up on Eventbrite. Check out the social medias to grab a ticket off of there. And for 3D Pro, we've got Sexy Eddie, good old Sexual Edward, versus Stefan Epic in a no-ring death match. Fantastic. I cannot wait for that. There's a couple bands that are announced as well. A few more matches still to be announced, if I'm not mistaken. So definitely check out their social media, grab some tickets. It is fixing to be a very good time. And last but not least, hot off the heels of last week's episode, April 15th, Destination Pro Wrestling, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. It is just a hop over the border. Thief River Falls is a great town, great time down there. And Destination Pro is doing some great things. So check out their uh, their YouTube channel for what they're presenting and just what they have to offer because there's some fantastic stuff happening down there. So that is all of the upcoming shows that are uh, that are happening. Now, I also wanted to mention, now this also ties into my guest this week, uh, Love Wrestling. Uh, they've got a show February 24th, so this Friday or a few days ago, depending when you listen to, February 24th out in Edmonton. You can also catch it live on their Twitch channel, so definitely check it out. And uh, already announced, I mean, some great matches. Zoe Sager versus Stephen Crow defending the championship. There is also a couple trios matches that are going to be great. The one I'm most looking forward to is... um, one of my, my guests this week teaming up with Elliot Tyler and Tony Baroni facing off against Jack Pride, TJ Cannon, and Mars the Specialist. So um, check that out if you're able to. Give them a watch on Twitch. And also, Love Wrestling, they're doing some great things with uh, their streaming. They've got different shows on almost every different day. So whatever tickles your fancy, they have something lined up for you. Um, I'm very happy to be doing some streaming with them. You can catch me. I've only been on the uh, the Sunday brunch, but give it a watch. That's where you'll find me right now when I can tune in or when I can join. Uh, but I hope that you tune in to all of the different stuff they have to offer. Give it a watch. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun being a part of it and uh, just talking wrestling. So check it out. This week on the podcast... I am joined by Eli Surge. Now, Eli is going to be taking part in the in the six man tag, which I already mentioned at the upcoming Love Wrestling show. So we talk about that. We talk about cryptids and just how they pertain to everything he's doing. Uh, we talk about his excursion to Mexico, wrestling in different places like Defy, and uh, with the all the talk about UFOs in the past few weeks, we we touch on that a little bit. So, without further ado on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Eli Surge. When I first mentioned that I was getting the chance to sit down and talk to you to uh, some of the contributors to Love Wrestling and the incredible stuff they were doing, everyone had such great things to say about you, so I'm very thankful for the chance to talk to you today. Oh, well... I appreciate whoever said good things about me. <laughs> Spencer could not stop saying enough good things. So, oh, I love me some Spencer. <laughs> um, February twenty is it twenty fourth that uh, Love Wrestling is back? It's the twenty fourth or twenty third. I should have double checked that before uh, bringing it up. I'll punch it up too and see. Twenty uh, third, February twenty third. 20, 24th. Okay, it is the 24th. I was right. Yeah. Um, you're back wrestling for them in a six-man tag. You, 
Elliot Tyler and uh, Tony Baroni facing off with Jack Pride, Mars, and uh, TJ Cannon. That should be a good one. Yeah, I'm. A, it's been a long time since I've been in the ring uh, with Tony Baroni, but I'm excited for him to be included in our uh, our team, the Milky Way Wrecking Crew, as well as uh, for him to get to uh, get out of Vancouver for a little bit. So getting him in there because he's been uh, he was one of the the trainers that I trained under in Vancouver while I was living there. Um, so getting to share the ring with him again is going to be exciting. And then, yeah, we, we had Mars and TJ last month and mm -hmm. uh, didn't go the way we wanted. Um, so hopefully adding uncle daddy <laughs> on our side uh, is going to give us the, uh, the leg up. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I mean, you mentioned training under Tony out in Vancouver. You got your start at storm Academy, correct? Yeah, 2015, I uh, started with Landstorm. Yeah, and, and how did that all come to be? What made you decide to go to Storm Wrestling? So I didn't know a lot of independents before I actually started training. Like, I'd never even been to an independent show. Mm -hmm. um, so I just knew through podcasts and, like, WWE and that kind of stuff. And um, they, a lot of people kept saying that you should – train under someone who has been where you want to go mm -hmm. so i looked around and the best looking one in canada was uh was storm and i looked at it for years and years and years and then i finally <laughs> i finally told my my wife that uh i was looking into it and she said just do it because you never commit to anything mm -hmm. so sort of out of spite signed up for it <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, we moved out. Was I was living on Vancouver Island at that time, so moved out to Calgary and uh, spent a good, good chunk of time there training under Storm, and then living and working in the the shows with RCW out in, in Alberta. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was a great start. But I think a lot of what I've learned along the way has more impacted me. Yeah. Uh, so the trainers I've had since, like Eddie Osborne. Uh, on Vancouver Island um, in Vancouver, Artemis Spencer, Nicole Matthews, Tony Baroni, Billy Swade. Um, and currently I'm training with, uh, with Michael Richard Blaze in Edmonton. So Lance gives everyone a, a real good sturdy base to start with. But uh, I think I got to credit a lot of the people along the way for what I've become now as well. See, I like that you've been able to, like you said, get that base under you. And then you're able to pick up different things from different people, all with different perspectives and different ways to go about wrestling, but all with the same goal in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got to get better. If, mm -hmm. if you just come out and you have that base, it's great. It's good. You're, uh, you're going to see a lot of people who have sturdy bases and decided not to expand as quickly as they can on it. Um, so I'm, well, I'm constantly trying to get better because if you're not getting better, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And one thing I know that I've mentioned to other guests who have been out from the West Coast is the, it seems like the support system that is in place out there. When you look at Lionsgate Dojo or you look at the Clandestine Society and everyone there has the same goal in mind and you see the tire pumping and like the good support out there, you know, like everyone wants to see everybody improve and go get to that next level. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took me a while to really realize that that was the case. Um, I kind of came into 
I started with a like a famine mentality and just I was like, hey, if people should support me, but I'm not going to retweet or share or talk about people who I think should be going places because then they'll go and I won't have that spot. Um, but living in Vancouver really allowed me to see like we we need to like pump each other up because like that's a it's a mutually beneficial situation and um it's it's much nicer than dealing with people who are trying to shoot you down all the time yeah. um and yeah they'll maybe they'll pump you up and you'll try something that you wouldn't have done otherwise and it doesn't work out but at least you tried it and you know it's not going to work out mm -hmm. um so it's it's very nice to have that uh to be around that mentality for sure mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about the current, your current self in the ring. How did this all come to be? <laughs> so I've always had an interest in UFOs and Bigfoot and, um, like growing up on Vancouver Island, I spent a lot of time in the woods. So the idea of Bigfoot and mixed with the things that I saw and heard out there kind of just clicked with me, um, and then shows like Ghost Hunters or Destination Truth or that sort of stuff came along. And that really drew me in because it allowed me to get out of uh, normal life, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I always had that in kind of a back pocket, N never really presented it to anyone, um, kind of in the way that I did. I looked at wrestling when I was growing up. Not a lot of people I knew talked about watching wrestling or admitted that they watched wrestling because it wasn't it was the fake thing. Yeah. Um, so as I got older, uh, one of the key moments actually was uh, Moxley was on Jericho's podcast and they talked about aliens. And I realized, oh, I'm not like this weirdo for being into all of this. Like these people are into it too. Mm -hmm. um, so I started going down and then in 2019-ish, I... Uh, there was a match that I felt that I was supposed to be in. So I started talking about how it was conspiracy that I wasn't into it. Um, and it was my, my three best friends facing off with someone who wasn't named at the time, who's not in wrestling anymore. And I thought I should also be able to be in that match because it was a really cool opportunity. Um, so I started going and talking about how the, the numbers add up to this and it reaches the, it connects to the Artemis moon and all this Greek mythology. And, um, you know, if you take the letters from this person's name and you assign a numeric value to them, according to where they are in the alphabet, it equals this, which is the amount of time that it takes for me to get from here to there. And, um, so I started rolling with that and, uh, it was a right around that time that I got really sick with, uh, something called streptococcus canis. So, uh, that's like a, it's a really rare uh, infection. So it attacked, it was a blood bone skin infection. Um, and it's rare enough. It, it transfers from dogs. That's where the canis comes from. Mm -hmm. um, it was rare enough to transfer humans that I was the 74th case in recorded history. Um, so I got really sick at that point and um, like couldn't, like I wasn't able to walk anymore um, kind of, there were days where I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for two weeks and there were days in that where I like just almost wished that I would not be on the earth anymore. Mm -hmm. um, 
coming out of that, I thought, well, I'm not obviously not going to be resting for a while because I can't walk. Mm-hmm. Um, how am I going to keep myself in the eye of people? Uh, because I want to be a wrestler. And if I just fade away, uh, well, then I'd just fade away. Um, so I started talking about how more into conspiracy stuff, uh, diving deeper and deeper that, you know, there was, I started talking about, um, conspiracy stuff before I got sick and the government tried to get rid of me. And that's why I was going through what I was going through. And it's kind of just been a snowball since then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, growing up, because that was something, especially as a kid growing up, like you always heard about some of the, you know, aliens and Bigfoot and Sasquatch and all that sort of stuff. And then you watch a show like unsolved mysteries. And then you'd see like this grainy footage and the ominous music. And you're like, okay, this is some serious business, you know? So I love the fact that you've been able to incorporate all of that into what you're doing now. Yeah. And I I love to, I mean, wrestling is an escape for a lot of people and to be able to combine the escape of wrestling with the, what I found to be the escape of paranormal and cryptid uh, cryptozoology and that kind of stuff. Um, Conspiracies at some point depends on the conspiracy. I mean, everyone loves to chant that birds aren't real. Um, (laughs) So to be able to combine those two things, it just, it feels good. (laughs) Yeah. Have, have you been able to, uh, you know, been paying attention to everything that's been going on with the unidentified stuff being shot down by the States. The past I've been really trying to. Yeah. yeah. And the more I hear about it, the more uh, I keep getting different stuff. So just today I heard that they shot down another one that was over Lake Huron. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday they said they shot down one over Minnesota or something. The day before that it was over uh, one over Alaska. Then there was the, the spy balloon. So it feels like there's a lot happening. I mean, it's it's brand new, so we don't have all the information yet, and I can't really dive into it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy that that is very forthright in our media now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like like you go onto a place like Twitter, and it's something that like everyone is sort of has like in their perspective. They're kind of keeping tabs on it, you know, whether it's a meme popping up or retweets and stuff like that. So it's kind of mm-hmm. you see a little nugget drop, and like everyone kind of just focuses in, and be like, okay, what do we got here? Mm-hmm. it's uh it's nice to see that i'm not the only one that's crazy about aliens <laughs> <laughs> when when you made your return after your uh your injury what uh what was the overall response to you presenting this new self uh i think it's it was pretty positive um it took a while for me to i was saying all of this things related to the conspiracy and stuff but i wasn't really presenting that uh right away um so i was still you know wearing uh, like my old gear and coming out to old music and i realized that doesn't line up with what i'm trying to present so Mm. um i think there was like on the return match i had was in vancouver island pro wrestling and i got a great response when i came back but i don't know if that's because they liked the new character or if they were just happy that I didn't die. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, I, I haven't had any, anyone say anything negative about the character. Most people are very, very supportive of it. Um, and I'll, I've come across people who say that they don't understand it when, like when I try to explain it to them or what, from what they've seen on social media. And then, as soon as they watch a match, they're like, 
that's like on any that's not like anything else we have around here or that I've seen. So like that's really cool. Mm -hmm. See, I think one thing that it stands out to me is that it's you know it's different. So it puts more eyes on you because you're willing to take that chance to not just be the standard, you know, boots and trunks wrestler. You go out there, you have your persona, you have everything about you, and you're you're taking a chance with that and it's working. Yeah. Uh, it it really feels like it does and uh i'm excited that it is and i'm trying to uh uh really get around i guess with this character because i feel like it is different and it clicks with people in a different way so taking chances on myself like i'll i'll be in winnipeg i've never been in winnipeg before and i just sent a message to the promoter and said hey i'm gonna be there if you uh if you have a spot cool and they mm -hmm. said, yeah, we'll have you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going out to Barrie. I'm going out to Halifax. I have a regular thing with 365 Pro Wrestling where I'm in uh, Ontario and BC for them every month. Um, it's everywhere I go, it, it seems to be clicking well. Do you, do you find like any difficulties balancing the fact that you do have some of these more comedic aspects to your character while still being taken serious in the ring? Um, I don't, hmm. the thing for me is that this is wrestling. When people ask about my wrestling, they're like, they ask if I do like the Olympic wrestling or the fake stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people come into it and they don't expect a lot of like seriousness. And I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. Um, so I very, I've recently just taken to when someone asked the same, the, the fake underwear wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think coming in with the mindset that I'm not trying to be super serious, um, really allows me to mix in the comedy, um, as, and like, I took a seminar with Ethan Page years ago and he talked about how comedy is really good in wrestling because it is different. And if you do it well, it's really good. But at the same time, your entire match shouldn't be comedy. Mm -hmm. So if you have your shtick, get it in at the beginning because that uh, lets the audience know who you are and what you are. And then you can really show them later that, Oh, you can also kick someone's ass. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've, I've tried to implement that into my style and, uh, Hopefully it comes across, even though, you know, there might be a tinfoil hat at the end of the match still. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't particularly uh, stress about being taken seriously because I'm there to be me and be different. And if people like that, I think that's the best result. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd watched some of your matches and one really stood out to me was uh, with Dusk Pro against Miles DeVille. It's up on YouTube. And mm -hmm. uh, there was two things that really stood out to me. One was the incredible athleticism that you had with that rope walk and then ducking underneath the chandelier. <laughs> because yeah. when you pointed it out, I was like, okay, shit, something's going to happen here. And you, you managed to get under it and that's no easy feat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the second was when you had pulled out uh, another tinfoil hat for Miles and I thought that he was going to crack when you pulled it out. Like you could almost <laughs> see the smile about to burst on his face. So yeah. Have you ever 
been able to make someone you know smile while doing something like that in the ring oh very regularly yeah okay <laughs> um, yeah um the most the one that comes to mind right away is uh it was a scramble match at love pro um and we had the two guys stacked in the corner and Stephen crow went to go do the the knees like sasha banks does in mm -hmm. the corner and he pushed through and he went up and myself and elliot tyler caught his legs up there and we kind of looked at each other and just started having a conversation back and forth while holding up Stephen Crow's legs. So he's just <laughs> stuck up there. And then we decided, let's play rock, paper, scissors while we're here. So we played rock, paper, scissors. And that cracked Tyler up a little bit, cracked Crow up a little bit. And then we're like, okay, I guess we can let him drive his knees down. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, a lot of the guys know that tinfoil hats are coming, but they won't know where or when. Mm -hmm. um, and they also, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's a goal to make someone crack or laugh in there, but uh, I tend to say a lot of ridiculous things, mm -hmm. and it catches people off guard, which is my favorite type of comedy, the the shock of it. Um, so it, it happens pretty regularly. You'll see someone just put their head into the buckle or cover their face with their hand or, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel great. <laughs> does the, the the sorry does the response from the crowds ever surprise you when you go to a, a new place? Like when you make your you know appearance in Winnipeg, like I'm fully expecting mm -hmm. the crowd to absolutely love you. Does that ever shock you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, especially if it is a, a new place. Um, and. The, the most recent shocking one was uh, returning to Victoria for 365 because that's where I, can, you know, cut my teeth. And uh, I'd been gone for a little bit and I came through the curtain and it, I mean, so obviously it's not a new place, but I came through the curtain and um, everyone just got on their feet and cheered. And I was like, holy shit, this is for me. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, was not expecting that, I guess that uh what's that saying that distance makes the heart grow fonder mm -hmm. so not being there every month really helped me with that and uh enough that i was wrestling uh, maxwell benson who is one of their white meat baby faces who always gets cheered and when he came out people booed him and i was like oh weird like <laughs> didn't expect mm -hmm. that um but yeah, I've definitely been caught off guard, especially um, when I went out to Guelph in January. There was people who had signs for me, mm -hmm. and I, I just I'm so not used to that. But I guess uh, being a little bit different makes me stand out a little bit more, and so it's uh, it's a little bit easier to latch on to me, I guess. <laughs> Well, you see it more and more in wrestling. And I mean, now is the perfect time, like where you do have more wrestlers with a little bit of, you know, comedic overtones to them and they're succeeding greatly. You know, your Dan Housens, your Orange Cassidy's who can implement that. And you look back and 20 years ago, you never would have seen this. You you might've had one and they would have been, you know, just meddling around. Now you can see it everywhere. It's great to see. Yeah. And I, I love to see it. And like, I will obviously take, uh, 
any comparison to Dan Housen or Orange Cassidy is a big compliment. But at the same time, um, comedy wrestling isn't what I normally watch. <laughs> so it's uh, it's um, it's nice. Like my favorite type of wrestling is two dudes who hit each other really hard. But that's just not who I am. Yeah. Um, so like I love a Brody King and I love a, a Ishii in New Japan. Um, but that just doesn't suit me. And from the very beginning, I was told that uh, Storm, his critique on me when I graduated was that my footwork doesn't look like an athlete, which is fair. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that taking that and putting it into a weird character like who Eli is right now, it works. And before that, I was uh, as a character, uh, I was wearing gumboots and jeans and doing a backwoods moonshine character. And like, it, it fits that. And uh, I think a lot of people, uh, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is nice to see different flavors in wrestling right now. Because um, <laughs> as much as I like two dudes just going and beating the hell out of each other, I don't want to watch that for eight to 10 times in a row on every show. No. Well, you had mentioned before getting involved in wrestling, you weren't too familiar with independence, mainly just, you know, WWF mm -hmm. and things of that. Like now that you're into it and you can look back and you, I mean, social media, YouTube, all of that, you can go out there and just see all of this stuff from before. I mean, it, it's got to be a good feeling to like, know that there's different, you know, territories, different eras, different promotions. You can just punch up and be like, I've never seen this before. It's brand new to me and just go ahead and watch it. Absolutely. It is. Um, it's, it's almost like an overload, honestly, like, um, to be able to be in wrestling and then watch wrestling 24 seven and like, yeah, find something new every single day. Not everything's good. No. Not everything's everyone's flavor. Um, but to, yeah, go through and find stuff like I, I hadn't watched much, most of uh, the Ring of Honor stuff. So going through stuff like that or finding like a small independent that's out of Illinois, like there's always something new and exciting. Mm -hmm. and it's nice. Yeah. You'll come across a match and be like, I had no idea these two guys wrestled and it'll just be like a fantastic match in front of 200 people. It's great. Yeah. There was one that uh, Nicole Matthews recommended that I watch and I Oh, I'm going to kick myself for blanking on this right now. It's a tag match. And I believe it's Colt Cabana and Dick Justice versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Okay. And I would have never found that on my own, but it's probably one of my favorite matches to watch back now. Um, just because like they, I think they went 15 minutes and it's almost, it's almost all comedy. Mm -hmm. um as you could probably suspect with those characters in there um and just yeah knowing that there was something like that that meant so much to or that my trainer nicole matthews loved uh and then getting to see it myself and like knowing that there's more cool stuff like that out there is just real exciting mm -hmm. um i wanted to ask about uh defy because in 2019 you were able to get down there a little bit you wrestled on the uh the Young Destroyer show uh, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, what was your experience like doing that? I mean, they're one of the top promotions in the Pacific Northwest, putting on bangers monthly, it seems. Any mm -hmm. chance you're going to get back down there? What's uh, How's that looking for you? I'm always hopeful to get back down there. I was uh, 
it's a device unlike anywhere else. Um, the there's a, just an energy in Washington Hall in Seattle that's hard to beat. And um, hopefully, I'll be back to another soon. I don't have anything confirmed. Where I'm in talks, um, but yeah, Defy has given me a lot of cool, cool opportunities. I got to wrestle Psychosis in Defy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I got to wrestle with Judas Icarus, who's one of my best friends. Just with all kinds of different tag teams down there. Um, it was Defy. Like, has not only afforded me a bunch of cool opportunities, but like just has helped me get my name out there and feel uh more like a a good independent wrestler i think mm -hmm. so hopefully i'll be back down there uh i think i think we're probably looking in the the middle of the year uh, like defy and everything they do like uh, matt farmer has such a great mind for wrestling and he's just a wealth of knowledge and then you see the people that get brought through defy i mean yourself judas icarus travis williams not too long ago and then other people your your vert vixens and everyone else cody chun it's all of these incredibly talented wrestlers are coming through there and it's just like the next step is almost like you're just waiting for it to break through it definitely feels like that for a lot of them mm -hmm. it feels like a shame that cody chun isn't everywhere right now yeah um he's so good and yeah, you see people who come out of there like Nick Wayne, who's just tearing it up all over the States right now. Um, Nick Wayne always has a banger at Defy. Um, and like Defy's where I first heard about Shane Strickland mm -hmm. uh, because he's from Seattle. So he had the hometown advantage there. And it was like, I saw him and I felt how he presented himself differently. And I was like, Ooh, like that's really cool. So like getting to, be in the back with all these people who have got these different aspects is uh and like apply them to go different places is really neat speaking of different places i mean in 2021 you were able to go down to mexico mm -hmm. how how did that all come to be because that's an incredible opportunity yeah uh there was a there was kind of an open invite put out for a bunch of canadians to come down so i think we were down there i think there was like seven canadians that made it down um and yeah living in the heart of mexico city was it was a culture shock for sure because i had never been to mexico for anything um so to to see the things that i saw and smelled the smells that i saw or smelled um <laughs> it was a it was a it was a big surprise um but it was something that i knew that i would kick myself if i didn't take the opportunity on and uh yeah, put a lot of things aside to take that chance. And I think um, probably if you if you see me around, like coming up at a show, you'll notice that I do do a lot of comedy, but also there is a lot of Lucha-inspired aspects to mm -hmm. my wrestling style now um, because they're just so cool. And uh, not, not a lot of people up here... Um, get to experience what I did and it seems a shame to not take what I learned and apply it to where I am now. Uh, what were some of the biggest differences you noticed in the training when you were able to train in Mexico, as opposed to the stuff you were learning back here in Canada? Canada is uh it can be much more gentle on you, I suppose is a good way to put it. Um, 
in Mexico, it felt like everyone started training so much younger. Um, I was in classes where you'd have like eight year olds who they're not, you know, flying off the top rope right now, but they're uh, doing all of their roles and they're learning a lot of the stuff in wrestling. And um, I saw a lot of people who are just dedicating their life to becoming luchadors or just trying to be in wrestling in general um, and just training every day. Like they just eat, sleep, breathe wrestling. And that's something that you don't see as much, I think, north of Mexico. Um, so the training is it's, it's a lot harder. The rings are a lot tougher down there. Um, it, it's a lot harder on the body, which makes you realize that all of the roles that you learn, you really need to learn. Mm -hmm. um, instead of, yeah, instead of falling down, <laughs> you, you got to roll out of that thing. Um, so, and like where you train is a bunch of different random places. It could just be a shed in that's got no AC and it's the middle of the summer and you're going to sweat and their warmups can be extensive and as intense as some of the classes that I've had or have taken in Canada. So mm -hmm. I did a, a class with Bandito where the warmup was probably 45 minutes of uh, running and then you drop and you do a hundred pushups and then you're running laps of the ring and then you drop and you do a hundred sit-ups and then you do uh, you run, keep running around the ring and then you hook your feet on the bottom rope and lay facing the ground out of the ring and you do a hundred Superman flex backs for your lower back and um, then you're doing your squats and then you're doing your rolls and then then you get into class mm -hmm. so like um, it feels like there's a lot more intensity down there and a lot more people who are willing to give their life up for it and i think you see that the warm-up alone just sounded exhausting and like the <laughs> fact that you had a full training after that is blows my mind yeah <laughs> how how because you did get to wrestle a few matches down there mm -hmm. how nervous were you for that first match oh very very nervous um i i mean i went down and <clears throat> this is 2021 so there hadn't been a lot of shows happening around so i hadn't done a lot of uh training or being in front of a crowd and uh that mixed with the the language barrier um made things pretty interesting for trying to figure out how to put a match together and uh the the psychology of a match in mexico was also very different um could i break it down to you right now probably not not mm -hmm. on the spot um <clears throat> it's uh I mean, up here we have a yeah basic format of, you know, shine, heat, turn around, finish kind of stuff. And down there is just all over the place. Um, and it's more about uh, showing off your athleticism, and it's 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 unique and it's challenging. And it was a really cool experience, but it was very nerve wracking to try to learn that and communicate with the little bit of Spanish that I had. It was a lot of hand motions mm -hmm. and it was a lot of uh, moving my body around to try to show what I would be doing. Um, and you, you really have to learn to read the person's body and know what they're coming with and also be able to uh, let, um, how do I say that? Uh, 
present what you're coming with with your body so that they can kind of understand what's about to happen finding alternate ways to communicate with with that language barrier in place yeah yeah i mean when you came back i mean having all these new tools at your arsenal all this stuff that you were able to learn and implementing that into what you're doing up here it, it's got to be a great feeling yeah it certainly is and uh when i first came back I got to test it right away pretty much with some of the nation extreme wrestling matches um, and get in there with uh, the match you mentioned with miles was not long after I came back. So doing some Lucha stuff in there. Cause he was also down in Mexico with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's nice to have another tool in your tool belt mm-hmm. that uh, not a lot of people have. And I think it's something a lot of people don't expect from yourself so that when you could, you know, you do step into the ring and you are able to do some lucha part mm-hmm. in your wrestling. I mean, it just adds something else. It's like, you know, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. It's nice to see. Yeah, I, I don't think pe- most people would expect this guy who comes out in a tinfoil hat <laughs> and tinfoil cape, uh, trying to give out tinfoil hats, talking about how birds aren't real and Bigfoot's his best friend, to all of a sudden just, you know, get a. a do a step like a running jump up her karana um and i'm not i'm not a small guy either like uh so it's there's a lot of (laughs) that probably doesn't point to me doing a lot of flippy stuff either Mm -hmm. um so it's it's yeah it's nice to surprise people and uh be able to show off what i can do as well um i saw a promo up on youtube and i hope it's still going forward for Jacques mm. Rougeau's wrestling Academy. Are you taking part mm. in the 2023 class? I will be part of that. Yeah. I, uh, in the start of May, I'll be out in Montreal for mm. a, a chance at that, um, which is pretty cool sounding. And I mean, you, we got three winners who get $10,000 and, uh, three months at the nightmare factory in, in, uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, the, that idea the chance to win that is really cool and if not it's a chance to get out to montreal which is another place i've never been before um and meet new people and uh hopefully like even if i don't win which I, i'm feeling pretty good about it mm-hmm. but uh it's uh it's a chance to further myself and get better and i think that's what i'm trying to do every time i'm somewhere new when I first heard about it last year, I mean, I was, I had the chance to talk to Jacques on the show about it. And I was like, okay, this is a very cool concept. But I was, I didn't know what to expect if, you know, you would just get the one year and that's it. But the mm-hmm. fact that there's a second year and, I mean, you see more more names from the Canadian wrestling scene going for this. So I, I like that what it's mm-hmm. doing and putting more of a spotlight on some of the incredibly talented wrestlers up here. And yeah, and honestly, in wrestling, you don't know anything is real until it happens. So a lot of people had doubts the first year that Mm -hmm. it would even be a thing. Um, So the fact that it happened and you got to see a bunch of the people who were the top of the class in that um, top of the class last year, uh, Dylan Davis, who is uh, just a real good lad uh, out of Newfoundland and he was one of the winners spent his time down in the nightmare factory now is getting around all over Ontario, uh, appeared on AEW. And it's, it's nice to see, it's nice to see cool new opportunities in wrestling. So as soon as I heard there was a second year, 
immediately I sent Jacques a message and uh uh it was it was pretty cool because I just sent him a, a random friend request on Facebook and a message saying, Hey, I've heard about this new wrestling academy this year. Uh, how do we need to get into it? And he immediately FaceTimed me. Yeah. <laughs> and we just had like an hour long conversation on FaceTime about it. And it was, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get out there and I'm excited for everyone to get a spotlight. I'm excited. I'm just excited. <laughs> it's uh, when I first reached out to him about being on the show, because I thought, you know, it's dealing with independent wrestling in Canada. What a great opportunity. Uh, so I sent him a message and before he even responded, he sent me like a Facebook video call and then called me on the phone. And here I am. It's a Sunday night. And I'm talking to Jacques Rougeau and I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah. It's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> Guy just loves talking on the phone. Yeah. Um, I, I had to ask just because of the, the cryptids and everything. Do you have one in particular that you're more of a fan of than anything else? Uh, as far as cryptids? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Bigfoot for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, like growing up, it, being in the forest all the time and seeing and hearing weird things. Um, Bigfoot feels, not that I don't feel that the rest of them could be real, but Bigfoot feels the 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 closest to reality because if uh i've spent a bunch of time where people would expect to see a bigfoot um <clears throat> and yeah it, the idea that there could be a intelligent bipedal species in the forest who just doesn't want to be seen feels pretty uh like it could be happening mm -hmm. um i mean we have we're constantly discovering new species and uh, forests all over the world so why can't there be a species that people have seen but haven't you know produced enough scientific evidence to actually label as real this that ties in nicely to my next question because when i was talking to spencer that i was going to be chatting with you i said is there anything you want me to ask eli and uh, he had one question and he wanted to know how does bigfoot get to lpw events without a passport uh I mean, Bigfoot is above it all. Um, it, depending on who you talk to, some people would even believe that Bigfoot is an alien and uh, just gets beamed down wherever need, he needs to be. Um, some people believe he's an interdimensional being. Um, personally, I just think he's a good guy and loves beef jerky. Yeah, I would be. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like to ask everyone I talk to for a match recommendation. So not necessarily one that you've been in, but one that you are a fan of that you think the listener should go check out. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I would say, um, I mean, any of my friends, so Elliot Tyler, Judas Icarus or Travis Williams or, uh, Liza Hall, check out anything that they're in and it'll be a good match. But the one that stands out is uh, Travis Williams and Judas Icarus uh, for the three, six, five pro wrestling title. They did an hour long draw and uh, did a hell of a good match while doing it. So check that one out. Was that the one there where like shows had just come back after COVID or was that before? Mm -hmm. 
because uh, I uh, yeah shows were just starting to come back at that point okay and uh they they just decided that uh you know what <laughs> let's put these guys on and see where it goes and they went an hour and boy did they go an hour <laughs> <laughs> those are two of my favorites so i definitely check that match out um upcoming shows what do you have because i know you tweeted it out and you're going to be everywhere yeah I'll, I'll be at love pro on february 24th i'll be in guelph for 365 february 25th uh possibly another show that weekend in ontario uh to be determined um and following that we've got winnipeg pro on march 3rd barry wrestling march 4th uh, at the end of March, I'll be out in Halifax for downtown wrestling. And then that same weekend on my way back, I'll stop in Ontario for a show for three, six, five in Guelph again. Um, I'll be down in LA for the WrestleMania weekend. Uh, in April, I'll be in Ontario again for new frontier. And then the following weekend, I'll be in Seattle for SOS. Um, in June, we're looking at, uh, being out in Ontario one more time for acclaim wrestling. So I'm just trying to be all over the place. And I mean, you really are. Hopefully when you get down to LA, there's a few opportunities that come your way because that's a great chance. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, if not, let's just put some tinfoil hats on people. It might as well. <laughs> um, for those listening, if they aren't already following you, where can they find you on social media? Twitter and Instagram is real Eli surge, Facebook and YouTube, uh, just Eli Surge. And I guess I have a TikTok as well, which is real Eli Surge. I don't post a lot of stuff on there real recently, but feel free to follow. Um, and if you feel like adding me on Pokemon Go, just shoot me a DM and I'll send you my trainer code. Perfect. Eli, thank you so much. This was great. Thanks, man. Thank you so much to Eli Surge for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check him out when he's here for wrestling for uh, WPW. If you have tickets, if not, you can catch him up on the Love Wrestling uh, upcoming show on Twitch or live in person. And he rattled off all of his upcoming dates. So hopefully you are able to see him somewhere where he is going to be wrestling. Thank you to him. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Uh, email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Up on all podcast streaming platforms as well. Apple, Spotify, Google. And I have t-shirts available at $25 a piece. You can look very fashionable as we transition from the cold, cold winter into spring. Why not grab a shirt and uh, get ready for all of the spring festivities? Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.